When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Long Cat Media presents Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. Chapter 3. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome back to Chapter 3 of Magenta is the Warmest Colour by I, Madame Magenta. So today, in our read and drink along with me, what are we having? What is this cocktail? Oh yes, very clever, we called it the podcast. So it's a Perno Ozo and Dr Pepper cocktail after sexy time. Yes? That's right, yes. And we're both having one because we've both just, well, it's in, it's in the title, isn't chin, it? Chin, chin. Chin, chin. Take it on the chin. <laughs> I didn't take it on the chin. I just want to make that clear. Why did you say that, Bernard? Now we, you, you've made it X-rated already. Well, I, I, oh, oh, let's just get on with this. Right, okay, so chapter three. Here we go. We live in Finsbury Park, London, me and my family. We've been here yonks. The infamous hook-handed Muslim cleric Abu Hamza used to live down the road before he was deported. I'd see him sometimes as I walked to the shops, and I'd give him a little wave, what with him being a local celebrity. He'd vigorously wave his hook back as a greeting, or a threat, hard to tell, really. So let me tell you what I do for a living. The daily grind. Earlier today, I was sat at the kitchen table, carving runes into bars of soap and putting them into baskets. I buy the soaps in bulk from China. Can't do that anymore, can I? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Although, you know, they do say wash your hands and that ca- cancels it out, doesn't it? Yes, so? maybe, maybe we should be doing that. Yes, maybe we should. Buy more soap from China, that's yes. what I say. Yes. I buy the soaps in bulk from China and the baskets come from my weekly sessions for the elderly at the community centre. I lead therapeutic arts and crafts classes, basket weaving, candle decorating, sewing velvet pouches, making incense holders, whatever sells well on my online shop, basically. The sessions are very popular indeed. I have at least 30 workers, give or take the occasional absence because of illness or death, which means I can produce a couple of hundred units a month. They're my lovely bunch of elderly elves. Now, before you judge, I'm not running some kind of geriatric sweatshop. 
as one irate niece accused me a couple of weeks ago. As I told her while she ranted about workers' rights and bustled poor old Dorothy out of the building, I don't get paid for leading the sessions. I supply the raw materials free of charge and the OAPs enjoy themselves. So where's the harm? It was obvious Dorothy didn't want to go with her lunatic niece either. She was practically being carried towards the car before being unceremoniously shoved in the back. Then, just as the niece climbed into the driver's side, I noticed something sticking out of the top of her handbag. The rim of the copper and resin triquetra ritual chalice, £38.99 plus PNP, that Dorothy had been working on for the last three weeks. Cheeky bitch was nicking my stock. Plus, it looked like I'd never see Dorothy again either. I was devastated. Dorothy is one of my specialist workers. Some of them are a bit too wobbly with the welding torches, but she's got the hands of a surgeon. A surgeon that's been in the bath for a bit too long, but still. Anyway, happy ending. Dorothy did come back next week, and she brought the chalice with her, bless her. She deserved a reward for her loyalty, so I gave her a small percentage of what I earn on the online shop and the position of foreman. So don't tell me I'm a capitalist pig exploiting the proletariat. <laughs> and it's not all work. Every week, during their 15-minute lunch break, I book a cabaret act to entertain them. Did they do that in Tsarist Russia? No, they did not. Last week's cabaret was... interesting. Normally I get Bernard to come in and do a few numbers with his indie band, The Insensitives. Do you remember those, those Bernard? I do, yes, yes. Bernard used to play in that band, didn't you? Yes, many, maybe, many, maybe, maybe, many years ago. Maybe yes. at this point we can insert a little snatch of the insensitives. Oh, do we have to? Yes, oh. that'd be lovely. I want to leave this place behind me Get me out of here Cause I just can't take this That was back when we were called Foucault's Pendulum and then we became the insensitives a bit later Or I do a bit of singing or Edith, baskets, pendants, unguins, occasionally belly dancers if we're really desperate. But I thought I'd treat them to a professional act as it was coming up to Christmas. So I booked a boylesque troupe. What's boylesque, you may ask? God, when when you say that out loud, it sounds like boils, doesn't it? Like a burlesque act covered in boils. Oh, yes. Oof. But when, when it's written down, it makes more sense. It's boy and then, and then lesk. Anyway, I, I didn't know what a boy-lesk group was either until I saw it. So I'd put this advert on website Cabaret UK. <clears throat> Performers wanted. Fabulous showbiz experience. No fee, but all the biscuits you could eat. And I received an email from a group calling themselves the Arseless Chaps. They said they were a, and I quote, collection of professional artists whose act harked back to the heady days of classical burlesque with a modern and politically minded twist. None the wiser, I googled burlesque, and Wikipedia explained it's a dramatic or musical work intended to cause laughter by caricaturing the manner or spirit of serious works. Ooh, thought I, satire. Bit highfalutin for my lot, but why not? So I booked them. Turns out that the Wikipedia definition is a little old hat. Turns out I'd booked a load of stripping twinks. Dorothy ended up with a thong across her face, and poor Harold started weeping into my shoulder, saying something about lost opportunities. 
Some of the oldies really liked it, and they all came back next week. Either they enjoy the excitement, or I've managed to instill a tiny bit of Stockholm Syndrome. Whatever it takes, as long as they keep refilling my stock. And I'm also very fond of them, obviously. Where was I? Oh yes, there I was, sat at my kitchen table, finishing off some gift baskets. See, I don't leave it entirely to others, I do some of it myself. So there I was, placing three rune soaps into each mini basket and attaching tags. 110% organic, made by hand in the White Witch Commune, Forests of Dean, Devonshire. That's the sort of thing you have to put on these. They don't want to know it comes from Finsbury Park. Very popular at Yule time as well. Anyway, Todd suddenly apparates in front of the fridge. All normal so far. It's a little ritual we have. Whenever he visits, I have to open the fridge so he can stare at the contents for a moment or two. So I get up and start to head over, but I stop in my tracks before I've taken two steps because he does something extraordinary. He addresses me by name. Oh, he never does this. None of them do. I'd assumed their ability to learn new things, like your name, had disappeared with their physical body. Magenta, he says, clutching his surfboard. Oh, yes, love, I say, surprised. I have a message for you, he whispers. To be honest, I wasn't just surprised, I was flabbergasted. Because here's what Todd normally does. He looks in the fridge, then he mooches about, coming in and out of focus as if he doesn't have the energy to remain fully apparated. He sometimes murmurs pseudo-profundities about surfing. Sometimes he just stands for hours, looking at God knows what, ethereal but chiselled torso glistening with ghostly moisture under a distant sun. Todd is gorgeous, by the way. I may not have mentioned that. I suppose ghosts can be sexy after all. <laughs> Although despite that, most of the time I barely even notice him. This might sound a bit obvious, but he's so insubstantial. He's just there, and even then he's not really. He's not as much company as a dog, but he's more company than a potted plant. Having said that, his not quite a presence occasionally has the power to infect the general atmosphere. This power seems to stem from profound feelings of unhappiness. A few weeks ago, the emotional soup he created in the air around him became so thick with wistfulness that it was depressing the clients who were coming in for readings. Todd had been standing by the window, mooing about the zen of waves all morning, so in desperation I filled the kitchen sink for him and splashed it around a bit to simulate waves while humming California Dreaming. Amazingly, it worked. He perked up slightly and the air cleared. Ridiculous. I really think he'd be better off haunting someone by the seaside instead of North London. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country, like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurmond, and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment 
to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Todd doesn't look very happy now, either. His handsome, vacant young face is all puckered with worry. I just realized I just completely changed the tense there, and I didn't, didn't make any sense. Did you go to the present tense? I did. I went to, So I started the chapter talking about what happened this morning. Then I started talking about just things in general. And now I'm in the present tense. Oh, I wonder what you're going to do next. Should we just call it postmodern, pretend it's on purpose? Yes, that's a good yes, idea. Right. Here we go. So, Todd doesn't look very happy. His handsome, vacant young face is all puckered with worry. That's also a new development. Ghosts don't tend to be very animated or have many facial expressions. What's the matter? What message? I bellow, alarmed. If you remember, he said he had a message for me. I can never control my volume under pressure, either. Todd's grey eyes look at a point about ten centimetres to the left of my ear. That's pretty normal. If you ever manage to get a ghost to talk to, or at you, they aim for the invisible parrot on your shoulder. No social graces whatsoever. So, yeah, Todd sighs, shuffling. Word on the street is that you're due a visitation. Word on the street? I wasn't aware there was a street in Spooktown, let alone a word. Ghosts don't talk to each other as far as I can tell. A visitation? What's that supposed to mean? Who's visiting? What do you mean you? Because you're already visiting me, Todd. Maybe he's confused. He's pretty thick, is Todd. Todd shrugs and shuffles about some more before pretending to flick sand off his board. He's quite an awkward boy in general, which is odd considering how lithe and athletic his body clearly once was. It's a strange experience, you know, having an extremely attractive ghost bimbo permanently topless as one's unavoidable companion. Somehow it makes me feel like a pervert, when if anything it's bloody Todd who's stalking me. I wish he'd put a shirt on. Tina, the only client who knows about Todd, we drink together, told me about this time a child on the bus spent a good five minutes shooting her the hairy eyeball, waggling his eyebrows about, smiling suggestively, winking at one point. Apparently she was seconds from screaming, I'm not a pedo, and pulling the emergency cord before his mum took him away. And that's exactly how Todd makes me feel. Not that I could actually molest Todd, even if I wanted to. Anyway, (laughs) is all this all right, Bernard? We're going to get complaints, aren't we? It's inevitable. What do we do if we get cancelled? Well, I think we can just carry on. What, just into into the ether? Into the ether, With no yes. audience? Well, I suppose. Some sort of therapy? Well, maybe. Oh, God. One of the things that you offer. What, to myself? No, no, to, to, potential, to potential clients. How make... do you offer isolated therapy where I don't talk to them? To well, you, the... just, you just show them how to make a podcast. Oh, I see. 
Yes. Well, that's not a bad idea. Well done, Bernard. No, thank right. you. All right, let's move on. Uh, anyway, Todd is struggling to articulate himself, probably because he's never really tried to communicate with me before, like a perpetual teenager. No, I'm like not a visitor. I'm like, I'm not like visiting you. I'm more like, you know, he concludes, waving his hand. Right, good. Todd, what are you trying to say? I'm getting another visitor besides you? Todd flicks more sand off his surfboard. My sense of alarm has now veered in a new direction. I don't want another visitor. What if he's a friend of Todd's? It'd be just like him, probably, birds of a feather and all that. Bloody hell, two Todd's. It'd be like being haunted by Bill and Ted. Bol and Todd, I mutter. Huh? says Todd. Nothing, I refocus. Well, spit it out, Todd. Another visitor. Yeah, someone way more important than me. Ugh. Despite my alarm, the raised inflection still has the power to annoy me. Are you asking me, Todd? I say snarkily. God, he's really bringing out the mum in me. Was that a question? Because I don't know if this visitor is more important than you. Hmm? Never mind. So who is it then? And are they staying for long? I'm probably not supposed to tell you. I'm just, like, uh, warning you so you can get ready for it or something. Get ready? What, get some nice biscuits in? Put the kettle on? What do you mean, get ready? This has so far, by the way, been the longest exchange of information I've ever had with a ghost. Although I imagine it'll grind to a complete halt soon. Just... Todd's eyes wander away from the parrot on my shoulder. Be like, ready? He sighs these cryptic words distractedly, as if his attention has been captured by a far-off sports event on a distant telly. Yep, here we go. True to form, Todd has started to switch off, his face ever more vapid, his form becoming indistinct. The waves are beckoning, a mystic shrimp needs barbecuing. Oh, was I supposed to do it in an Australian accent? It's too late now. And in the blink of a banana second... The blink of a banana second? What was I on when I was writing this? Good God. Anyway, I was microdosing. I think I mentioned that. In the blink of a banana second, he disappears completely, anticlimactically, and I'm left standing stupidly in the middle of my kitchen. I'm highly discomforted. What was all that about? I haven't had a conversation like that in 30 years of seeing ghosts. And maybe I'm imagining it, but the air feels a little electric. It has that weight of expectancy about it that you get before a storm. I head over to the kettle to prepare a cup of tea. When in doubt, tea. None of that herbal shite, mind you. Builder's tea. Reassuring, solid. I flip the switch to boil the water and try to calm myself by focusing on its smooth, white, plastic boringness. I'm very fond of the kettle. It's the least decorative thing in the room, on account of it being quite tricky to find a gothic-looking but modern kettle. I'm not having one of those ancient copper stove-top jobbies. The kitchen, by the way. The kitchen is my HQ. Bernard decorated it, didn't you, dear? Yes, that's right. Yes, he's got more interest in that sort of thing than me, haven't you, dear? Yes. Yes. Mindful of my clients that come round the house, he thoughtfully went for the kitschy, witchy look. There's a lot of purple fabric and stripped wood, talismans made out of straw hanging from doorknobs, big fat candles on pedestals, a wrought iron mini chandelier, curly knives, pestles, mortars, dried herbs everywhere, gargoyles in every nook, cushions in the shape of cats, 
which our Border Terrier Dave is currently sleeping on, his paws twitching as he chases the very thing he's having a kip on. It's a bit gothic Kath Kidson. I think Bernard's overdone it personally. Sorry, Bernard. Oh, well, that's but his right. efforts are a touching show of support, so I can't really say anything about it. Oh, well, cat's out of the bag now, eh? Well, well, or they, Dave's out of the bag. They, there you go. <laughs> the clients seem to like it. Sandra, one of my regulars, visited a psychic who worked out of an office she'd rented in Wood Green. She had filing cabinets and Venetian blinds in her consulting room and a filofax, Sandra hissed, outraged. Although I don't know how you hiss the word filofax. How would you do that? Like Voldemort saying filofax. Yes, I suppose go so. Go on, have a go, Bernard. Filofax. <laughs> it's not bad, actually. Sandra is actually due any minute now, so I make a conscious effort to forget about Todd's portentous message, intriguing and utterly unprecedented though it was. I stick some twigs and hot water in a cup and leave it to stew, ready for Sandra. She doesn't feel like she's got her money's worth if she hasn't choked down a cleansing brew of crap I found in the garden. Poor old Sandra. I do feel a bit guilty sometimes. Ho-hum! That's the end of chapter three. Ended on a bit of a cliffhanger with the twigs in a cup. <laughs> yes. Did you like that, Bernard? Oh, yes, it's getting very exciting. You've read my book, haven't you? I have, yes. Well, there we go. So, do you remember all of this? I do remember all Better of this. Better than I do. This is all completely new to me. Well, what a voyage of discovery you're on, my I've got dear. a memory like a sieve. I'm like that witch in Macbeth who went to sea in a sieve. Apart from it's my mind. <laughs> Uh, I, see, I try to be literary and it all goes wrong. Let's just stick with my book, shall we? You're right, yes. All right. Well, tune into Chapter 4 if that doesn't put you off. It'll be interesting to see how the podcast numbers drop with each episode, won't it? Anyway, see you next time. Bye! Madame Magenta was created and performed by Lindsay Sharman, with Lawrence Owen as Bernard. Music and sound design by Lawrence Owen. Artwork was by Claire Lafarge. You can follow Madame Magenta on Twitter at Madame Magenta UK. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by going to coffee.com forward slash longcatmedia. That's ko-fi.com forward slash longcatmedia. For more information about this podcast, as well as our flagship drama series, Mockery Manor, please visit longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. When Kilner accepted the job of smuggling escaped heiress Samantha Trapp across the galaxy, she expected the job to be over and done with quickly. But now they're stuck with each other and they have a job to do. Think of Automnicon as a sort of student loan company. You take a loan from them, and then they own you until you've paid it off, with interest. So all I have to do is pay off my debt? Fine, I can do that. How much do I owe? 900,027 credits. And counting. You're stuck here, with me, to work it off. We Fix Space Junk is a sci-fi sitcom from Battlebird Productions, featuring Travelling by Cryo. Don't worry if you feel like you're drowning. That's perfectly normal. Wait, what? Aliens from across the galaxy. Greetings, visitors. Is that popcorn? Hello, Your Excellency. AIs. Dad, how do I do air? You're already doing it automatically. Calm down. And, of course, thrilling and exciting missions in outer space. Hello, valued employees. 
Here are the details for your next exciting mission. You will be repairing a device redacted in or at the location redacted. We Fix Space Junk is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe, consume, integrate, indoctrinate, assimilate, degenerate, and watch your body decay into a faceless husk as your mind floats aimlessly in space. Register your interest with Automicon.